Welcome to FranPath Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are FranPath Consulting. Britt, what a great day today. Fun to have us back here as always. Always glad to see you, hear you. Great to see you too. Happy Thursday to you. Yes. So today... I really want to just talk to you a little bit about all the wildness going on as we prepare for the holiday season and how it's affecting clients, how it's affecting us, how it's affecting priorities. I know. I can't believe we're already into November. Thanksgiving's going to be here before we know it. I know. Isn't it crazy? Because I feel like the pandemic has, in a way, stopped time. And in another, it's like Morio Brothers. We're in warp speed and we're at the next level, which is 2022 <laughs> almost. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the biggest thing kind of that I wanted to talk about today before we let our guest in is just what we've seen with people as we head into the holiday season and how they seem to be really reevaluating priorities a ton and what they want out of the next year. And that seems to be not going back into an office full time and also really getting additional revenue streams revving up. I think, you know, when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, everybody was home. And we talk a lot about work-life balance. I know with previous guests, we talked about can you have that balance or not each day, but I think people enjoyed working from home and not living on airplanes anymore. And so a lot of our clients that we're talking to, they are definitely reevaluating what their priorities are. How can they be home more with their families? And I think during the holiday season, it hits even harder for you as you plan for the holiday season, wanting to make sure that you have that time at home with your family. I think so too, because I, I just think there's so many things that we need time off for. Um, and when you're at the end of the year, Sometimes you don't have the PTO or if you've gone back to the office now, you can't simply put a block on your calendar, run out and do something for your kid's holiday pageant and come right back without anybody noticing. You've got to leave. You've got to commute. Um, and, and that's the biggest thing that we're hearing is I'm okay doing this now, but I want to get to a point where comfortably I can transition into business ownership. Definitely. I just think the the theme we're hearing consistently is wanting that ability to focus on family. And I think that really is a good point to bring in our guest for today, someone that I would consider certainly a family man. He's got a beautiful family, five kids. He is a great friend of mine and someone that I've had the pleasure of working with for many years now. So today I'm excited to introduce Don Terranelli, who is the Senior Director of Franchise Development at Franchise Fastlane. And he currently works with the brothers that just do gutters. So Don, if you'd love to say hello and introduce yourself to our podcast, we'd appreciate that. Well, thank you, Brittany. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate you guys having me on today. This is so fun to, to see you guys and get a chance to, to chat with you today. Yeah, a little bit about my background is, you know, on the personal side, I live in a smaller community in southwestern Utah. As Brittany had mentioned, I'm married. My wife and I have five kids that keep us very busy, running them all over the place. 
professionally, I've been in franchising now for a little over a decade. Uh, I've primarily focused my whole career on service franchises. Um, you know, some more B2B, some more B2C, but uh, pretty much the whole last 10, 12 years I've, I've been in franchising. Uh, going back a little before that, I had just finished my MBA when I got recruited into franchising. Had never even thought about this career path, but um, coincidentally, one of my uh, professors, next door neighbor, was a VP of franchise development and was talking to my professor, uh, saying he needed to grow his team and asked if there was any, anybody in the MBA cohort that he thought would be a good fit. And since I had been a business owner previously, he suggested he talk to me and kind of ended up in franchising that way. And then Prior to that, I owned a home security dealership for for about eight years, and I've been with Fa Franchise Fastlane for uh, just about two years now. So we've been having a blast. Wow. And I, I think that brings up a really good point, which is most people fall into franchising, whether it's on the franchisee side or even you know on the franchise development or consulting side. I do think so many of us just never think it's a field you're going to end up in. And then somehow you get introduced. You know, we hear that from our clients. Nobody grows up and thinks they're going to be a franchisee. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny when you go to conferences and that question's asked, like, who thought they would be in franchising? And there's like one or two hands that go up. <laughs> and here you are over a decade later, right? You know, working across multiple industries and with some really incredible brands helping them grow. And a decade later, you're still in. You can't get out. It's true. And and my wife likes to remind me that I actually wasn't even sure if I was going to go meet with that VP of franchise development 12 years ago. And she's like, oh, you just need to go at least talk to him. Go, go, go have a conversation with him because I hadn't applied for the job or anything. He just called me up out of the blue. And um, and I was like, man, eh, we'll see. But then she convinced me to go and uh, glad I did. <laughs> That's great. So you never know where you're going to land, right? What's Absolutely. you never know what's going to happen and and where you're going to end up. And if you hadn't taken that meeting, you wouldn't be here today. You know, we brought you on today to talk about the brothers that just do gutters. So I know we're really excited to hear a little bit more about that. So if you would, you know, share a little bit with us about you know what that concept is that you get to represent. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a really fun concept that uh, I started representing back in May. And when Franchise Fastlane first approached me about representing them, I actually was pretty intrigued right away just because it's, as, as you as you ladies know, it's so rare to find an industry that doesn't have any franchises today. I mean, it I always feels like everything's been franchised and then somebody comes up with something new. So right away, I was pretty intrigued with it uh, just because it, you know, there's a lot of advantages that come with being the, you know, the only franchisor in, in your industry. And, uh, you know, it gives us the opportunity to be the first national brand. And we really, our competition is, is you know, realistically very poor. I mean, it's mostly, you know, owner installers, guys who, uh, you know, they're, they're, they own the business. They're the ones hanging the gutters. So we've been having a lot of fun with this brand. I mean, we specialize in all things rain gutters. So rain gutter repair, replacement, rain gutter cleaning, uh, some soffit and fascia repair, gutter guards. Um, so just all things rain gutters, but we just focus on rain gutters. So we're just focused on this niche industry and uh, and we've been having a ton of fun with it. We're growing very quickly as as you guys know, and you know, really just excited to grow this into a national brand in the next year or two. And you guys are off to just a wonderful start. I mean, from what we've seen from the other side, tons of announcements, wonderful new franchisees coming in. It's not an industry that would be sexy or top of mind, certainly. I think that it's fair to say that. So why are people loving 
the gutter business? Why are executive level people signing up to be franchisees? Yeah, it's a great question because question, you wouldn't think that like, you know, why are these like one of my new franchisees, he, he's in he owns all of Nashville. Uh, he came out of he was senior level with United Healthcare. He was making like 400 grand a year in, in the corporate America, but he was just fed up with corporate America, ready to do his own thing. So I think there's, a, you know, some really uh, key things that attract people to this. I think that first thing that I mentioned that, you know, we don't have any really good competitors is it, certainly appealing to a lot of people. Uh, so that's one. Um, it's uh, people like that. It's a need. This isn't a luxury. Um, you know, rain gutters protect people's homes from water damage. So it really is a need that, that people have to have, you know, relatively low investment. You're talking about, you know, all in around 150,000, 170 for two territories. So, you know, relatively low investment, um, you know, not very good competition. And, and then as they get involved in it and they start seeing the numbers, I mean, our franchisees come out of the gate so strong. So in 2020, we had three owners that it was their first year. And this is right out of our disclosure document. Those three owners did a little over 800,000, a little over a million, and a little over $2 million in their first calendar year. So our franchisees are, are you know, coming out of the gates strong. We've got a tremendous support structure and training that when people actually get to come to a confirmation day and they see it, they feel it, they love the culture. And, um, you know, we've only had you know, one person get approved at a confirmation day that hasn't moved forward so far. So, um, you know, once they get ingrained in it, they just they can't get enough. That's incredible. And for anyone that doesn't know what a confirmation day is, it's kind of that final step in the process. You know, you meet the team, you experience the brand. I always call it the peek behind the curtain, the gut check to make sure that the right people that you're going into business with. And I would say the average brand, you know, that we see, they might bring on two, three, four, maybe five candidates to a confirmation day. Don, how many did you have at this last confirmation day? We had uh, 17 groups and 32 people. So it wow. was a pretty packed out house. Incredible. And I think that just speaks to how much this brand is resonating with people. You know, you've mentioned these C-suite executives that are jumping on board. I know you've had some seasoned business owners that are investing in this as well, really high caliber people. You know, my thought is you hear gutters and you think, why would a C-suite executive want to hang gutters? So are these guys out there actually hanging the gutters, Dom? What are they doing every day? Yeah, we, we would not have the momentum that we have if we were expecting these guys to go hang gutters. So uh, our uh, our franchisees, you know, if, so we have two uh, types of franchisees. We have our owner operator and then our semi-absentee owner. So in uh, in an owner operator situation, I mean, the, the owner is the GM. So they're the ones that are really focusing really more than anything on employees, employee development, employee recruiting, employee training. So they're really focused on their employee development. Now, in the beginning, some of them are starting off doing sales. So for the first, you know, month, two months, three months, they might do sales. Some just hire a salesperson right out of the gates. Um, but a lot of them uh, choose, probably half of them choose to do the sales in the first few months. But they get pretty busy pretty fast. By the time they get to their second truck, which 
most franchisees are getting their second truck three, four months in. Uh, at about that point, they're going to pull out of sales if they started off doing sales. Um, and then really just focus on, like I say, the employee side, strategic planning, adding that next truck, getting it ready to go in a timely fashion, holding people accountable, looking at their KPIs uh, is really kind of the, you know, playing chess with the business, planning putting people in the right seat, training them, leading them, developing them as employees. That's something that I think is really core to the culture of, of brothers is, you know, and, and we can talk about the skills ladder, which I think we I didn't touch on as a, as a big reason that people really like our, our business model is that that idea of creating a pathway for people to develop and to create careers in the trades. You know, we're really looking for our installers to be with us for, for years. And so we have this career path, we call it a, a, a skills ladder which takes them from an apprentice installer and shows them the path step-by-step step up the up the skills ladder to get all the way to a senior head installer over the course of two years. So they'll get promotions and pay raises and there's no politics. They can see exactly what they have to do in order to get their next promotion and next pay raise. So, you know, following up on their, their staff and seeing where they're at on the skills ladder, making sure they're progressing and then, and then holding uh, weekly meetings with the sales team and the uh, crews. That just says a ton to me about the culture that Brothers is creating. So many franchises don't have something like that. You know, it's hire your own people and best of luck to you, or we'll give you a job description and that's, you know, that's our help. So the fact that you're building all of these employees inside of here, I mean, can you talk about the culture? And, and I will say Britt and I have had the opportunity to meet the actual Brothers and they are just <laughs> so fantastic so and have created this amazing machine could you talk a little bit about the actual culture and what people experience inside of the brand yes absolutely because i think that's one of the things that has been a big attraction to a lot of people that have joined this is they they get there i think this is to the I mentioned earlier our, our percentage of people that have been approved that move forward after confirmation day. I think this is a lot of it is because when you get there, you just kind of feel it. And, and culture is kind of one of those things where you guys know this because you've been on probably both sides of it, um, good cultures and not so good cultures. It's almost more of a feeling than anything. Like, you know, you feel that the people at our office, you know, they want to be there. They enjoy working there. They're not like Oh, I got to tell this franchisee back. They're excited to see the success of the franchisees. And, and we're putting a ton on them uh, with the growth that we're having. So I love it when um, Donovan is our, um, I don't know his exact title, but he works in the marketing team. And he's like, he comes up to me last uh, last confirmation. And he's like, Don, I love how many uh, new owners you're bringing us. I've been able to grow my team now. This is creating more advancement opportunities for me. And it's creating more opportunities within the company. And, uh, and you know, we've all been on brands where, you know, they're growing very quickly. And they're like, no, stop bringing us more people. They're like the opposite. They're like, this is creating so much more opportunity for me and for my team as, as we grow the brand and expand. So I think that's a lot about it. It's, you know, it's really is that culture of wanting to do the right thing, wanting to create good opportunities for great people within the organization to, to advance. It, it's a fun culture. Like you, you, you can't help but have a blast whenever you're around Ken and Ryan, they're just fun guys. They're guys, you, you know, you'd like to just go, uh, go have a, you know, a Friday night enjoying time together with. So, you know, it's a fun culture. It's, it's a culture that, People want to be there. They want to help support franchisees and, and they're excited about the growth and the success that we're having. 
You know, I I kind of look at the brands that we work with and we've had the opportunity to meet a lot of the leadership team and the founders, but these guys really are a great time. We love seeing them at conferences and hanging out with them. They're just good people. And I think at the end of the day, that's a lot of why this brand is successful. I think if you treat people right, then they're going to want to, you know, help you grow your business. And so they treat their team right. And then they bring on franchisees that have that same value and that same culture set. And the franchisees then in turn treat their employees right. And I think it speaks in the numbers and they put people first. And I think it shows in their results. Absolutely. And I think it goes back to them launching this the right way. So, I mean, we've been franchising uh, since 2015. So we've been franchising for six years and now all of a sudden we're an overnight success. And so it's it's really like, I like to explain it as they really took a, a crawl, walk, run approach to their growth. So their first three years franchising, they just awarded a few franchises. They really wanted to ensure they could replicate the success that they'd had at the corporate location uh, across these franchisees, that they could put good training and support systems in place. And so those first few franchisees were doing extremely well. So they started to get a little bit more aggressive the last three years, awarding a few franchises a year, but still wanting to ensure that everything was in place to replicate that success they'd had at the corporate location. And and uh, as I explained, those franchisees are doing very well, um, even those brand new ones that just opened uh, in the last year or so. And uh, and now is kind of when they're really ready to run. Uh, when they hired Franchise Fastlane to take over development, they had 40 corporate staff members. They only had 20 franchisees at the time. So you guys know that ratio is way out of whack on the support side. So um, so that that was great. So they really had, had planned and prepared for the growth. They had put everything in place to now really be able to support these franchisees. I feel like I'm talking a lot, but I'll tell you one quick story. Um, that kind of uh, goes to kind of support this because one of my new franchisees is uh, is in uh, Texas and he owns two Fast Signs franchises, two locations with Fast Signs, which is a very established legacy franchisor. And he sent us an email, I don't know, probably a month ago, saying, Hey, I just want to let you guys know this training has been absolutely first class. I've been so impressed with it. And he used the term like, uh, a lot of times the packaging is better than the package, but in this case, the package is actually a bit better than the packaging. So that was really fun to hear that somebody with, you know, that's with a, a current franchise system that has really established training and systems that he's seeing you know, similar training and support uh, with, you know, a relatively young franchisor. I think that that just speaks volumes. And to anybody that listens to this and maybe isn't familiar with franchising or isn't familiar with how this works. I, I mean, any business, it seems like you scale and then you very quickly try to catch up. So there's this constant back and forth. And just to hear that they were so prepared and so methodical, it, it brings me peace, you know, in showing the brand to our clients. And I know you peace in, in getting to go ahead and present this a hundred times over. And the other thing about culture that I think is so great is so many people we deal with are trying to leave a toxic culture or are have one foot out the door because of a toxic culture. So to head into that in another franchise kind of defeats the purpose of creating generational wealth or additional income streams. So when you're talking about culture, it all comes down to the corporate office, but then to the franchisees that get added in. Yeah. Is there anything that you think is the most common theme of all the people that were the first franchisees and now this new wave 
of franchisees that are coming in, what are those traits you see in those people that are successful? Yeah, I think 100%. It's just, you know, wanting to see their employees be successful. You know, you, you always hear it, you know, if your employees are successful, you'll be successful. And I think they, they really do believe that they, they and they, they run their businesses like that, knowing that if, if they can help their franchisees be successful, or their, excuse me, their employees be successful, and build a career uh, that, that they will be. And, uh, and, you know, he talked to like, um, one of my, uh, one of our franchisees is down in Columbus, Georgia, his name's Luke Smith. And he's just this guy, he is just so passionate about helping his employees. And a couple of weeks ago, he's telling me his, one of his installers came in and their washer had gone out. So that day he spent his day going and buying him a washer and getting him installed at his house without him even knowing like, and, and the, and the installer had not asked for that help, but he just, you know, he's a good employee and, you know, he wanted to, you know, reward him and, and help him out, you know, with, with something that was a little bit challenging that he was going through. So, you know, creating those opportunities um, to, uh, to advance and, and, um, you know, build a career. Like I say, a lot of our installers, you know, our frontline workers, you know, they haven't had the same opportunities that, that we have had or that our owners have had in life. And so, you know, they get, they get passionate about mentoring them and, and developing them. You know, one of the things on the skills ladder that's really unique that you wouldn't expect is, um, you know, every rung on the ladder, they have to read business books. So this isn't just, you know, becoming a great installer. It's trying to develop them as leaders. You know, they have to read you know, Who Moved My Cheese, Raving Fans, all these business books. Because, you know, that guy who's your apprentice today, he might be a field supervisor in a year. He might be your operations manager or your GM in a few years. Um, so we start with leadership development very early on. And once again, just trying to provide them with opportunities that maybe they haven't had before. So I think you talk a lot about culture. That obviously is a piece of the driving force on why you have chosen to work with the brothers. I've known you a long time. You are extremely well-respected in the industry. I am your friend. I know you've been tapped on the shoulder several times for various leadership opportunities and different brands. And people really want to work with you, Don. So why else did you choose the brothers? What has made you decide this is the brand that you want to partner with to represent? Well, first of all, thank you. I appreciate the compliment. Um, of course, it's the <laughs> truth. <laughs> well, you know, I think it touches on a lot of these things. You know, as Sam mentioned, you know, all of the stuff that we're talking about is is why you guys feel comfortable sending us your candidates, and uh, and it's exact is why I feel comfortable in the role. I mean, I don't I want to set people up for success. I care about the people I work with, and this is a brand where I have no concerns whatsoever. Uh, I know the founders are going to do the right thing. By the franchisees their their goal is not to build this up and sell it to private equity this is their baby they they see themselves owning this uh, you know until forever i don't i don't know how long but it's not something they're just building up to sell this is this is their baby so solid founders that do the right thing by their franchisees i think that's the number one thing uh i mean I, there, there's certainly others but really when it comes down to it i want to put my candidates in a position where they're they're set up for success knowing that they're going to be taken care of by the franchisor that i'm placing them with but you know other things are you know it gives me a ton of confidence when i see these numbers you know when i you know our worst franchisee did 800 grand last year and it was his first year i mean that's pretty incredible there's very few franchises that can say you know that that, that their franchisees are achieving those kind of numbers that their worst franchisee did 
800 grand. So, you know, the numbers kind of speak for themselves and we haven't even touched about the touched on the item 19, but you know, our numbers are very transparent in the item 19. We would get into that with any of your clients that uh, decide to get into the process with me, but uh, you know, all these numbers are right there. So you can see how much every franchisee did in revenue and expenses and so forth. So, um, I like that their marketing is turnkey. Our franchisees don't have to be market marketing gurus. We haven't touched on that yet. Our corporate marketing team does all the marketing for the franchisees. So the franchisees just set the budget and then the, the our corporate office will run with all their marketing and make the phone ring. And then we have a fantastic in-house call center that converts those calls into estimates. So they're taking all the leads for franchisees and they're scheduling the estimate with the franchisee salesperson. So it's very automated on the front end, really removing a lot of the heavy lifting from the franchisee and putting it on, on the corporate office. So just incredible support, great founders, great numbers. It just gives me a tremendous amount of confidence that I'm putting people in the right situation with this franchise. And I think ultimately that's more than anything else, what it comes down to why, you know, I, I've been very excited about this from day one and haven't been interested in, in other opportunities and until the country's blanketed with brothers gutters. <laughs> I love that. I love it. So it sounds like You've got a lot of automations. There's a lot of stuff happening at the corporate office. Is this a good model for an executive that says, listen, Sam, Brittany, I'm making half a million dollars a year. Do I love where I'm at? Not really. Am I ready to step out of corporate America? Also not really, but I'd love to start something passively or semi-passively and then move into it as it grows. Is this an opportunity that allows for semi-passive ownership? It is. So it's a it's a model where we're going to expect them to hire a general manager. They've got to hire a general manager right out of the gates. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, I'll be transparent with everybody. It is a little less proven. More of our owners are owner operators. But that role of general manager in this business is not an extremely complex role. You know, they're really in charge of hiring, recruiting, training crews. There's a lot of people out there very capable of doing that. Um, so we feel very comfortable with the, with the general manager run model to where, you know, somebody's not quite ready to leave corporate America. They want to start to build put themselves in a position to where maybe in one, two, three, four years down the line, they've got cash flow from their business and then are ready to make that leap. And uh, and yeah, we feel very comfortable with that model. We probably have six to eight franchisees that are preparing to launch uh, with the general manager run model. And we currently have three or four that are semi-absentee or general manager run models as well. That's great. Well, I think that is a good place to kind of wrap up for today. It feels like it could be a good opportunity for anyone that we're working with, whether they want to be semi-absentee in the business, if they want to buy just one territory, if they want to own an entire market like your franchisee has in Nashville, they want to put a manager in place. They have the ability to really scale and grow with a brand that is disrupting an industry that is on an incredible growth run right now and has a really great culture. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. And anyone that's listening, if you'd like to learn more, please reach out to us so we can connect you with Don so he can share even more about the brothers that just do gutters. So thank you so much, Don. Thank you, ladies. I really appreciate you having me on and wish you guys the tremendous success that I know you're going to have.
Thanks so much, John. Always, always, always awesome to talk to you. And I know anyone listening can't see us. We can see each other and everyone's grinning ear to ear because there's just <laughs> so much admiration and respect um, in this group. And just thank you so much for taking time out of what I know is a very busy schedule that you have working with all these candidates. So appreciate your time today and, and really look forward to having our candidates explore the brothers that just do gutters. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening today. Really excited to share all of this information. Just a reminder, please click follow and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and wherever you find your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook at FranPath Consulting, and don't forget to visit our website, franpathconsulting.com, to find out what it's like to work with us.